today, uh, John will get a kick out of this because it's pointed to the future. And John loved to talk about the future and what was coming. And I think, you know, he's in heaven looking back. But I know he wanted to play in the new church sanctuary. And we've been moving along here now really for three years talking about what that's going to look like really intensely the last couple of years and really since June when God dropped out of heaven an amazing opportunity for us to move forward when the word church, our sister church came and, and felt that God had led them to uh, purchase these facilities, uh, freeing us from the weight of the property so that we could move forward. And then God dropped in our lap. I mean, just literally dropped in our lap a, a facility that we did not build. And, and what we're doing is remodeling and replacing everything from carpet to ceiling to paint on the walls, new heating, uh, new spaces for kids, a whole new separate multi-purpose building. And at the end of the day, <laughs> what we're doing right now is driven by one thing and one thing only. And that is the mission that Jesus gave us. But today we're going to talk about the bold focus required to move forward and how important it will be for us to have a good name. And that's where I want to start. That's the scripture I want to roll out for you today. It is found in the book of Proverbs chapter 22, verse number one. And I'd like you to read it with me. Would you guys join me in reading that verse? It's in your notes, but let's go ahead and lift up our voices together and read it in unison out loud. Join me. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. In, in, in context, this passage is telling us that you choose your name by how you live, the choices you make. But I, I know in the context of what we're talking about today, the choice of a new name for our new church a choice of a name that will identify us for the community. Uh, how many of you have heard of a poet a few years ago? Probably talked about him in school. His name was Shakespeare. Anybody ever heard of him? Yeah, this is a cultured group here, quite impressive. Uh, what, did, what did Shakespeare say about a rose? A rose is a rose by all three of you. Well. A rose is a rose by any other name. Doesn't matter what you call it, it's still a rose. But the truth is, that does not apply to churches and names. And here's why. You see, a church is not a church by just any name, by any other name. A church is only a church as long as the people of that body, that church, behave as the church. There are two chapters in God's word, Revelation 2 and 3, that talk about seven churches. And these churches are warned that if they do not change their behavior, they would no longer be churches. So a church is not a church because you put a sign out front, hang a shingle and say, we are a church. The name is 
hugely important. Choosing a good name has everything to do with how we behave and who we are. In order for us to be the body of Christ, in order for us to represent Jesus well, which we are capable of because he wants to help us. The Bible is filled with promises about how things we've done in the past that drug us down, that injured us, things we've done that hurt others, those things can be repented of, forsaken, put in our past, and we can press forward, walking with Christ, allowing him to guide us. And, and that's what the church is. It's a group of not perfect people. It's people who have been forgiven, people who have re been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. So if you're sitting here thinking, I'm kind of new to church, but I don't know if I'm quite there yet and ready to, to take this all on. But the truth is, with Jesus Christ, you can become everything he wants you to be. He will change you from the inside out. And so I'm glad you're here today because we're going to talk about how we choose a name and what we have to focus on in order to both come up with the right name and also to represent Christ well so that we maintain the church from our being the church. And so let me give you some things to focus. Let's get started on. Number one, it's in your notes. You can go back and look at this. In fact, this is going to be one of those times I'm just going to beg and plead with you. Take the notes home and review them throughout this week. Pray about these things. But if we're going to come up with the right church name, first of all, the focus of our new name should be Christ. That's really where it starts. And I know this seems so fundamental and so simple, and Ed, you don't even have to say that. But, but the truth is, not all churches attach themselves to the name of Christ. In fact, they represent anything thing but Christ. Uh, a lot of churches represent... Uh, are more closely identified with and frankly look much more like uh, the latest episode of Game of Thrones as far as the conniving and the, the treachery and the politics in, in order to accomplish one's purpose and agenda and advance their narrative. And, and a lot of churches, the politics looks much more, I think maybe a better example would be like British Parliament. How many of you ever seen British Parliament where they yell at each other out in the bed? Ah, and it all of a sudden, big rumble, roar, yell, yell. And America, American politics is starting to look more like British politics every day. But I have been in church business meetings where it looked no different than British Parliament. And the tragedy is, if your focus is the name of Christ, if what Scripture says is true, that the world would know who we are by how much we love each other, and we are to love each other in the name of Christ. And, and, and if that is to be our focus, then church will not be this political monster. There's a verse that talks about how Christ must be first 
in everything and how we cannot be ashamed of him. It's found in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I'd like you to read this verse with me out loud. Let's go ahead and we're going to do a couple of these verses like this today. Join me. Romans 1, 16, the first part of the verse. Join me. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone it's about Christ. It's good news. A church name should attach itself to the name of Christ. A church has no other reason to exist except for Jesus Christ. Christ literally means Messiah. Our Messiah, the promised one who came, paid for our sins. How Jesus Christ, the Son of God, literally paid for for all the wrong things we've done. And so today I want to start with that. It's really, we could end right now. If we get this right, everything else will take care of itself. But the focus of our name should first be Christ. Number two, the focus of our name should be community. Now, when I say community, I'm referring to both the community of faith, that's us. Actually, the word church, I don't know if you realize this or not. I've said this before, but maybe... This is something you can grab a hold of this morning. The word church comes from two Greek words, ekklesia, which means called out assembly. This building, when you're not here, is empty. It's not a church. We, we are not a church until Christ saves us, that's being called out of the world, and then we assemble together. That's what a church is. And in a few weeks, just a few short months from now, we are going to start assembling at 578 Killian Road in a new church with a new name. And, and, and when we do that, we, the church of Jesus Christ, will fill that building and make that place the assembly place for a called out group of saved and born again people. The focus of our name should be community, loving one another, growing together in Christ, discipling those who are new to the faith. So there's, there's two sides to this coin called community. The focus of our name should be community, loving one another, discipling those new in the faith, growing in our faith. The other side of the word community, the other side of the coin is community outside the doors people we live with, work with, go to school with. That's the community that we want the name of our church to attach to. And so first of all, we've got to attach to the idea that Christ is first and more important than anything else and that we exist to attach to community. That, that's the focus of who we are. There's a verse that kind of helps us Grab a hold of this, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, a couple of verses here. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So when we get together, we want to inspire one another to do good things in the name of Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, and let us not neglect our meeting together. <laughs> you know, it just seems like it's easy to find something else to do on Sunday morning. But the Bible says, don't neglect getting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We, we believe what the Bible says, that Jesus is coming back. And if it was true when this, this was written, 
that he could have come back at any moment is just as true. And in fact, it's more true today because his coming is just that much closer. So the first thing we focus on, Christ, and we focus on community. Number three, our, our focus, the, the third piece of this I want you to see is the focus of our name should be on our purpose, our purpose. God has called us for a purpose. I love the Apostle Paul, and he wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, here's what he said about his life. He said, so I run with purpose in every step. In other words, everything I do, there's purpose in it for the gospel. And, and, and I'm convinced that the world we live in today is desperately looking for purpose, a reason to exist. People are figuring out stuff, things don't make you complete, that, that there is something more to life than just commercialism and materialism and things. And so we, we are here as a community to reflect in our church that we want to attach people to the name of Jesus Christ and the person of Christ and attach them literally to community, a community that will love them and care for them and help them grow. And ultimately, we want to give people purpose. So that, that is to be our focus. We get a name that includes that and encapsulates that. We will have the right name. Now, I'm going to give you just another few things that I'm putting under the idea of criteria. In other words, when we really drilled down and started choosing a name, we followed this template. All these things were talked about, and I've encapsulated them in seven. And I'm just going to read them send you home to think with, about these things, and they'll be yours to kind of rehearse and think over. But let's go ahead and look at the criteria for choosing our name. Number one, the name must help us make disciples of Jesus Christ. In other words, our focus is on Christ, community, and purpose. But the name also must help us in the community to represent Jesus well and to carry forward the mission of disciple-making. That's the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18, 19, 20. Number two, the name must give us a scriptural launching point for mission. In just a moment, I'm going to tell you what that name is we've chosen. But you're going to see all seven of these things link right up with the name we've chosen. Uh, we look for a name that would give us a, a biblical platform or launch pad. In, in other words, we want it to link to a scriptural idea. Let me give you an example of that. Uh, some churches choose the name Grace Church. That's a great name, and I'll tell you why. It gives you a scriptural launch pad that, that allows you to attach the name of the church to the mission, that you want to be a church of grace, giving God's grace, showing grace to each other. And, and I've seen that backfire. I knew of a church that uh, called itself Harmony Baptist, and all they did was fight. And so the name didn't really work for them. And then another one, friendship. And really, when you went there, nobody wanted to be your friend. And so, you know, your name may attach to Scripture, but who you are determines whether or not the name gets traction. Number three, the name must be distinct and not be already in use. We've been talking about this for three years intensely the last five months. And every step of the way, we've asked the question, will this confuse other people if we call our church XYZ? Will that name be 
represented somewhere else in another church and will we cause confusion? That's a big deal. And so the criteria demanded that it's not already in use. Does that make sense? Everybody look at me and shake a little bit. You, you getting this. Okay, number four. The name must not create a barrier for an unbeliever. This is, to me, one of the biggest issues on this list, uh, the criteria list that we're talking about. We, we looked for a name that would not be a barrier or a stumbling block for an unchurched person to come on the property and, and some names do have a negative connotation, especially denominational names. Uh, when our church started in 1934, how many of you remember 1934? Okay. Uh, our church chose to be identified as a Baptist game, a Baptist church name. The name Baptist, Akron Baptist Temple, made sense because our community, Akron, and Northeast Ohio, was in the midst of a massive migration from Appalachia. Many of us here today, many of you, your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents came from Kentucky, Tennessee, West Virginia. Did I just describe you? If I did, would you raise your hand? Look around. That's about 75% of those of you here today. They came from West Virginia, and Baptist meant something to them that was good. And so it was a good choice. It was a good name. Unfortunately, the word Baptist doesn't mean the same thing that it did 80-plus years ago. It has been tainted and soiled by people who have made it mean something different than it was ever intended to be made. And it now represents legalism and meanness and anger. Uh, there are churches calling themselves Baptist churches that are doing some of the most awful things. And frankly, I just want to distance myself from that. And so we, we've chosen not to put a denominational label in our church name. We don't want barriers for unbelievers. And, and, and this name has to make sense to the people who it matters the most to. Did you all know this? This is not as much about what we want and what we think as it is about those who still need Jesus. Because 95% of all people come to Jesus before the age of 30. We want this name to make sense to them. And, and, and in choosing the name, we had to ask the question. And really, that was hard. You know, you don't do a stroll down side streets in your community and ask people by survey what they think about these 10 names? It'd be tough to do. But we actually did a version of that online. We actually took a survey of different names. And our target was not us. If you remember, we didn't ask you because we already know who you are and you know Jesus and we know that once you understand that the name must not create a barrier for unbelievers, you're going to jump on board because this name will help us reach people for Jesus Christ. And we found out a lot from that survey. We actually asked people on a number of levels the things that were disconnects for them. So the name mustn't create a barrier. The name must, number five, 
must reflect our values and who we really are. Again, what's inside is far more important than what you say on the sign. It better match. What's on the sign better match. That's up to us. And so we're choosing a name that will help, not hurt, the mission and give us a high ideal to aim at as to who we are supposed to be. Number six, the name must work well with effective communication opportunities. Now, the founder of our church in 1934 uh, used radio, AM radio, and very big on taking out quarter, half, and full-page ads in the local newspaper. Because newspaper, as a medium, was powerful, it was king, it was big. If you got your news, you got it from the newspaper. And, and today, uh, it is no longer a viable medium. Uh, media is now, as we know, transferred by way of social media, by, by way of Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And so our name has got to work well with effective communication opportunities today, not 1934. That's a big deal. Number seven, finally, let me kind of wrap it up with this. The name must be embraced by our church family to work. In other words, when we choose this name, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, frankly, if you haven't heard yet and you hear this for the first time, you're going to hear it and go, Hmm. And you're going to think. And because you have a brain, you will... How many of you have a brain? Okay. Good. Good. You should think. You should rehearse it for a moment. And I told our deacons, when our deacons, I shared this choice of this name and asked for their counsel. Uh, I said, say this at least a hundred times out loud when no one's around or people are going to think you're crazy and mad and stark raving nuts. Just say it alone, quietly, and kind of get used to the sound of it. But ultimately, this name, once it starts sounding normal for you, uh, we've got to embrace that. And there's a great story in the Bible, uh, in, the, in the first church in Jerusalem, uh, they were moving along, people were being saved, born again, being discipled. They were meeting in small groups, discipleship was happening all over the place. And out of the clear, there became a, a problem, a challenge. Some of the ones that needed help, and I don't need to give you all the background on it, but the social pro programs for the Jewish people were administrated by the temple. In other words, when they gave their tithes, part of it went to widows. And when those widow women were born again, the temple kicked them off the social relief program, kind of that, that parachute that was there. It's similar to what Social Security would be for us that we pay into. But the temple administrated that. So the church stepped in, this is before Social Security, any other social programs, and started helping some of the widows. And, and so, you know, it's a big deal, wouldn't you agree? You wake up one day, you've been saved, you're now a member of a church, you don't go to temple anymore, and, and you can't buy groceries. Uh, that qualifies as a real challenge, a real problem. 
And so the, the church leaders and elders and pastors met together, and they came up with a solution. Here's a verse that's in the Bible. It's one of my favorite uh, renditions, translations from uh, the book uh, of Acts from the New Living Translation. After they rolled out the idea, this is where the idea of deacons came from. The Bible says everybody liked the idea. And in the old King James English, it says they were pleased. And so I, I just want to kind of roll into this next moment by saying it is ultimately the destination I hope we will arrive at is we will unanimously, everyone, we will like the idea. It will make sense to us. You will go home. You will say this a few times. You will look at the scripture. You'll review this outline. Um, I was thinking this last week when we started this process uh, how cool it was as we have gone through the, the process of, of speaking to leaders here in our church and passing the idea by them and getting their response. I was thinking about how every step of the way this has happened. People have liked the idea. They have bought into the idea. And that's why today uh, we're, we're going to we're going to raise the house lights. We're going to get everything up, uh, sunlight bright here. And I'm going to ask for uh, today three groups of people to join me here on the platform to be a part of this next moment here as, as we talk about what that name is. So those groups are, first of all, our staff, our pastors, our support staff. Would you all come right now, just jump up? Uh, popping those lights on and getting a little bit of uh, opportunity for you to actually see what's going on here. And uh, yes, please, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're the man. I, I'm good. We don't want anyone to go into an epileptic fit here. So. Uh, so our staff, and, and if you're not familiar with who some of these people are, some of the neatest people in the world who have paid at such a big price through the transition of, of our church, uh, selling property and buying new property, and they're just, every one of them in my heart are rock stars, and they're people who are really making a difference. Then we have a group that are servants to us, and they are our deacons. Would, would you all come? Deacons kind of join me up here in the front. Uh, our deacons serve our church, they visit widows, they take care of people. The one at a time offering we're going to take as you leave today, the deacons administrate that. They are the ones that take care of that. And so the, they and their spouses are coming at this time. So we've got our staff and their spouses, our deacons and their spouses. Uh, these are people that just absolutely give themselves unselfishly to serving Christ and serving our church family. And then finally, our, our uh, I call them our stewardship team. Uh, they are our trustees by the laws of the state of Ohio, but they're involved in administrating the finances of our church. So those of you, our trustees, would you come and, and with your spouse and join us? And these this team, by the way, is also supervising the administration of the bold campaign giving that we do, all the dollars being designated for the new property. This is the team that does their best to make the best decisions to pick the right bid 
and to spend every penny as frugally as they possibly can. Where, where's my sweetie, my wife, my Kathy? I were a snake. And then I, I want to, uh, the uh, Gary is not here, so uh, I've got a deacon kind of filling in uh, for us today. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Batty, would you come? He's, he's from our bridge ministry. Uh, that was his wife getting all excited, okay? My, my wife doesn't get nearly as she's excited. Not she's here. not even here. She's <laughs> camping. Okay. Somebody else. Okay. And I want to get this right. I asked Pastor Jay to come join us here, uh, representing our, our staff and our team. And Bob Blacknick, where are you? Where your sweet wife Lisa is down here. Would you come up on the platform? Okay, now what I want to do I want to invite you all to stand. Would you do that right now? I, uh, you, can, you can see what has gone into the decision we've made to choose a name that met all of that criteria. We got close on a couple of names, but they were being used. Pastor Jay, really involved in this process. The rest of the staff, as, as we made progress, they would give us feedback. Our deacons, you know, ultimately at the end of the day here, this process, I believe, has been inspired by God. And, and I believe that the name we have chosen is something that will allow us to represent Christ well, to attach the ministry of discipleship to community, and ultimately it will help us teach people purpose. And the name that we've chosen is Connect Church. Connect Church. That's it. Connecting people to Christ, connecting people to community, and connecting people to purpose. Now, what I want to do right now, before we celebrate or respond in any way, kind of keep that tamp down for a moment. I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer. I'm going to ask for Kevin, Pastor Jay, Bob, and Kathy, these four, to lead us in prayer. We've got a mic in Pastor Jay's hand. And so I'm going to start <laughs> with ladies first. Would, would you join us in prayer? Would you just bow with us right now? And we join our hearts together, and we're going to pass the mic. We want to pray together and, and have these... Represent us and pray very specifically. Here's what I'm praying for. For us to do exactly what the people in the first church did. They were happy with the choice. They were pleased. It united the church and more people were saved. Kathy, thank you. Precious Heavenly Father, we are just so amazed today at the, the journey that we have been on and that you have brought so many things to pass that you've answered prayer you have been our our shepherd our leader and god and the, choosing the name of the church is certainly not anything that has been taken lightly it has been years of prayer discussion counsel and dependence on you and and as the psalmist said lord this is the day that the lord has made and we are rejoicing in this this opportunity that we have for the future this bridge this connection from the wonderful past 
of our church into the wonderful future that you have before us. God, you are truly doing a new thing here, and we are thrilled. And I pray that um, those who may possibly find it difficult um, to embrace the name of the church, God, that you would work in their hearts and help them to see that this is an opportunity for us to reach new people, people who have never heard or people who have uh, a wrong idea of who you are and what you can do in their lives. And I pray that we truly will be a group of people who can connect to you on a greater level, a deeper level, and that we can reach our community and help them connect to you and that we could give others the true purpose of life. And we just praise you and glorify you for the battles that you have fought over this transitional time that we've been in. Uh, and for we just praise you for what's going to happen in the future, trusting you for all these things in Jesus' name. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to pray that... Uh we can continue to further our purpose that we have, that our purpose is to reach souls to Christ. And I just want to pray that we can use our new name to fulfill this purpose. I just want to pray that we can all gather around and we can all be in one accord and that we can continue to do what we need to do to reach people for Christ. And I just pray that our community will be drawn in. They will see what we have going on at the new building. I pray that they are curious and that they want to know that that they want to know what we have and they want to be a part of what we have. I just pray that that uh, we can do that and we can be good stewards and that our new name and our new facility will reach people for Christ. Heavenly Father, um, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness bringing us through this journey to this moment, Lord, this moment where we are preparing to move into a new building. Thank you for the faithfulness of the past members, their sacrifices, their sacrificial giving of their time and talents, clear back to 1934, to bringing us to this moment. Thank you for the faithfulness of the present members that have made this happen and their giving of time at the new church. And as we get ready... Um, to move into that new building, Lord, um, that we would unite under that new name and that we can remain focused on you and remain focused on our community and to remain focused on the purpose, the purpose of spreading the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ with the goal of winning more souls to your name. So, Lord, we just ask all of this in your heavenly name. Father, as we close um, this time of prayer, Lord, we're so thankful that we're to this place. Um, God, that we're to this place as a church family, um, Lord, and that, uh, and that we can, um, Lord, be at this place where we can start connecting people to you, connecting people to community, connecting people to purpose. Father, I... I thank you in the way that you have guided and directed everything that has happened over the past uh, few years, Lord, that you've led us to this moment. And Lord, I pray for unity among our church, uh, congregation among our church family. Lord, as, uh, as we take this name that you've, that you've laid on our hearts and, and Lord, that we can all embrace it as we move forward. Um, 
God, I just pray that the, the culture that it represents, the culture of, um, of connecting people to you, God, is, is, what would, um, is what would really move forward, Lord, as we, um, God, are just so grateful to be, to be here, Lord, and to be a part of what you're doing, God. The, your word says that you are doing a new thing. And, Father, what an amazing time for us to be a part of this from the ground level as we move forward. God, we love you and thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, team, leadership team, uh, this is a blend of temple and bridge, which is one of the coolest things about our church. It's multi-generational. You guys make your way back at this time, and uh, we got some t-shirts flying around here. Jay will tell us a little bit more about those. Uh, here's something I want to tell you as you leave. Uh, Pastor Jay is going to close this after a last worship song. But listen to me. If you don't get this, you're going to be telling people the wrong thing. Okay? Connect Church is our new church name. But we are not going to identify ourselves as Connect Church until we move to the new property. Does that make sense? Everybody nod your head. And, and I want to make sure you get that. Uh, we are going to be there in just a few months. But don't walk out here and say it's our new name. We have legal issues now. Our lawyers are working on new articles of incorporation. And there will be a chance for you to sign on, to sign the charter, and to be a charter member of a new church. You don't, you don't get to do that very often in your life. And so I'm excited and I'm looking forward to that. But please, when you walk out of here, make sure you know the timeline is still evolving. Everybody got that? Okay. And we're going to close out like we often do here in the bridge. We're going to worship and celebrate. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.